So I had a choice. I could either hide and shy away from them and try to find a specialty where I would hopefully never see a sick person or lean in. And I chose to lean in. Hello, and welcome to Shop Talk, where we talk about what's going on in and around the Scottsdale Police Department. Now, here are your hosts, Chief Jeff Walther and Sergeant Kevin Kwan. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 14th episode yeah. of Shop Talk. I'm Chief Jeff Walter, and my trusty sidekick, Sergeant Kevin Kwan, is back. I'm back. He, he, he been, he's been gone for, for a little while. He's been, uh, I don't know, filling in for you the last couple times, right? Well, he sounds a lot better than me, so we just let him uh, I don't know. take over. I don't know. You have the, you have the uh, smooth jazz kind of voice going, so I think uh, some of our female listeners really like that. So uh, My wife says no. Thank you. Happily okay. married. Almost great. 18 years. Yeah, great, great. Uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, number 14. Can you believe I can't believe we've been doing it this long already and, and a, lot of, a lot of positive feedback. Thanks to everybody who listens. Yeah. Um, I've actually been getting some, some really positive feedback on, on you know, all the episodes that we've had so far. So we're, uh, we're excited to be in episode 14. Have a great guest. Uh, Dr. Casey Solom is with us. and. Yeah. We'll bring him on shortly. He's, uh, we'll get into his background. He's a pretty amazing guy and, and uh, very well connected to Scottsdale PD and Scottsdale Fire. I know. We're, we're, I'll have Steve add the boo track in there, right? The That's, boo. Yeah. I mean, we, we, love our, we love our partners on the fire side, but uh, uh, Casey's definitely connected to the fire side, which is great. So let's talk briefly. You know, what's going on this month? Yeah. Uh, actually a lot going on in the last several months, a lot going on in the PD and I'll share with folks, uh, thanks to our, our council and our, our elected officials, uh, big news for us. In fact, it hit, uh, Arizona family. I did a, did a interview with Arizona family that wound up actually going nationally, yep. which was, which was pretty cool. And that was on our new pay and step system for our officers, which is fantastic. Again, kudos to uh, the city manager, Jim Thompson and, and our city council and uh, a lot of our staff uh, in the city and in the PD that, that did some great work in really putting that together. So that's going on. Uh, our folks are pretty happy about that. New patches, new badges. Patch is a big thing. In fact, a new patch, a new shoulder patch, just started to hit the streets yep. because we were so low on the other one, the circle, what we call the circle patch, that uh, now the new patch is out. So pretty exciting. Yeah. And I think we've seen some, here's a teaser, we've seen some uh, graphics for our police cars that incorporate that patch. Police cars, recruitment car, um, and we're talk about the history of the patch and why all the designs that came into it, it it's the homage to the past yes. and going yes. forward. And um, yeah, a lot of time and effort went into that with a lot of people. Yep. And same with the new official badge, yeah. uh, paying homage to the past uh, and the star from, you know, from the original marshal's office into uh into the shield the new shield which is great so a lot going on a lot a lot internally uh structural changes and and uh new units and uh just a lot of a lot of really cool stuff new yeah. new computer uh, i won't use acronyms cops and firefighters love their tlas they're three letter acronyms that's hilarious yeah so oh my gosh <laughs> i'm gonna write that down so I would say, oh, we're getting ready to roll out a new CAD and RMS. And our, our, our listening uh, audience would be like, okay, CAD, I can figure that one on computer automated dispatch. Uh, some people think computer automated design, but for us it's computer automated dispatch and our new records management system. Yep. 
a few million dollars into those that we're getting ready to roll out. A lot of great stuff. Hiring going really well. We're about to put uh, 10 new recruits, new officers in the academy for November. Uh, we have four or five new laterals that we just hired as well, uh, hiring dispatchers, records personnel. So uh, we're not out of the woods. We still have, uh, like all police departments around the country, we still have some vacancies um, throughout the organization, but we're, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. So any of our listeners who have loved ones who want to work in the police department, uh, great pay, great benefits, great, uh, great city to work in, a lot of support, uh, great leadership, <laughs> a great community engagement section. Uh, it depends on the day, yeah. but yeah, just no. great people, just a, just a great uh, organization to work for. So one last thing that I'll share with the group and I'd like to kind of put a message out. There's a lot of, still a lot of, and I know I talked about it last month, probably the month before, a lot of craziness going on out there right now across our country and our city and the Valley. We're seeing a lot of violence, uh, a lot going on. And uh, it's just my, my reminder to everyone to be safe, to, to pay attention to your surroundings, to take care of one another, to, to see what's going on. Um, don't always be looking at your phone. Yeah. I see so many, so many young people and not so young people walking out of stores and walking through parking lots, heads down on their phones. Uh, there is nothing more important than your life. And when you're so focused on that phone crossing the street, yep, I've seen it in crosswalks, people crossing the street. And, uh, and the doc can talk about that here in a little while, but a lot of people being injured, killed, uh, just focusing on their phones. How many people you see now at the Grand Canyon trying to get great selfies and they go over the edge yep. and you see that around the world, people losing their lives for the, trying to get, you know, the best selfies. So let's just uh, make sure we're taking care of each other, taking care of yourselves, be so, uh, aware of your surroundings. Uh, I got a great book years ago called the gift of fear. And that is your senses, you know, have been honed over millions of years. And if you, your body tells you when something's wrong uh, and when you're in an environment that something's just out of place. Unfortunately, few people pay attention to that. They're caught up in what we'll call normalcy bias. They'll say, well, ah, this, this couldn't happen to me. How many people in a, in a mass shooting event or that are victims of crime say to themselves when they hear pops in the background, oh, look, that's fireworks. Yeah. It can't be what we think it is. And so we even here in the police department have that as well. Just uh, do your best, take care of each other, uh, pay attention to your surroundings, call us when you need us. If something, if you feel like something isn't right, it isn't. Move. Get out of that situation. Thanks, Chief, for the nudge to stay alert and beware of your surroundings. Now we're moving on to the show with our guest who joins us all the way from the other side of the building, a board-certified emergency physician who serves as the medical director for the Scottsdale Fire Department. He was born and raised right here in Scottsdale. After graduating from Chaparral High School, he studied biology at Arizona State University and was part of the inaugural class of the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix campus. He now practices full-time emergency medicine in three local hospitals, including Honor Health Osborne campus, where he was born. He loves our Scottsdale community and is heavily involved with many local organizations, including the Scottsdale Charos. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Casey Solom. Casey, welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you guys for having me. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. 
you know, it, uh, we were going to have, when we set up all of our guests, we thought, you know, we, we try to rank them in, in some kind of order and you were the 14th most important. <laughs> you know how I to kid, make it, you kid. know how to make a guy feel special. <laughs> I appreciate that. I kid, I kid. And to our former, uh, guests, that was, uh, that was, it uh, was a joke. You can't help it with Casey around you like to like to joke around. So I think it was the 15th and we just happened to run out of the 14th. So he got bumped up. Somebody had to cancel. Yeah. 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 So, so with Casey, not only is Casey a, a medical doctor, medical director for Scottsdale, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so really what we've discovered uh, getting to know Casey is that he loves the fireside, but as he and his wife, Sarah, have been through uh, police academy, yep. Citizens Police Academy, which is great. So I really think that, uh, that Casey is kind of, I don't know, he's, he's got multiple callings. I think he's an officer at heart. Yeah, he just happened so to go to the fireside that had that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what, Casey, enough of Kevin and I talking, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Well, thank you guys for having me. I, uh, born and raised here in Scottsdale. I'm one of the few Scottsdale natives that exist today. I, uh, went to Chaparral high school, played football there, went off to college, spent a couple of years in doing my education, medical school and residency, and then came back and have been living here ever since. So I'm an ER doctor by day, as you mentioned. So my day job or my night and weekend and around the clock job is to be an ER doctor, but firefighters and fire departments need somebody to oversee paramedic operations. Okay. And ultimately the fire chief came to our group and ultimately asked if I'd be willing to serve that role. So paramedics provide care in the field, but there has to be a doctor who's overseeing that care. Right. And that ultimately is what I do. Okay. So most of what firefighters, or I should say what paramedics <laughs> and EMTs are doing is following protocols and kind of standing orders that have been put in place for here's the best practice of what to do in this scenario or another scenario. So my job is to, to make those best practices into policy and then oversee the process. So if something goes wrong in the field and they have questions, they can reach out to the doctors who are working in the ER. That's not necessarily my role for what to do in one specific scenario, unless I happen to be the doctor who's on duty. But when it really comes to the standing orders and making sure that we're, our policies are in place, that's what I do. Right. And then of course, there's a lot of teaching that goes along with that, which I love. And yeah. And I get to go ride on fire trucks and <laughs> ride on ambulances. And everybody loves the fire department. <laughs> yes, which is true. Us too. We love the fire department. But that you know, the job, although it's <laughs> officially through the fire department, there are a lot of a lot of responsibilities that I have that bleed over into other departments, specifically PD. Yeah. So law enforcement in Scottsdale, police officers are all carrying Narcan, which is yes. a opioid reversal medicine that saves countless lives when people have overdosed yes, on on opioids. And ultimately there's some oversight that I have over that program. Mm-hmm. And then there's a really kind of nice joint between PD and, and fire, which is the tactical EMS group, which yeah. is paramedics who are attached to the SWAT team who actually go into the buildings and they're right next to the, yes. to the operators as they're, they're doing their work and they're there to provide aid to anybody who needs it immediately yeah. after it happens. Yeah, absolutely. So I oversee that program as well. You said joint, and you really can't say joint. Uh, and when you're talking about the police, it's just, uh, you said joint. I think you can now. You can with the fire department. Probably. I was thinking like shoulder joint, and I just see yeah. where you went with yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's, a, that's a weird, yeah. that's a weird term. Right. <laughs> task force? <laughs> or are we task force? It's not, a, I thought about that you driving in. I almost, I thought, maybe should, it's I, joined. should I describe it as a task force? But it is not. And I feel like somebody who knows what it is would say, uh-uh, this guy doesn't know what a task force is. Yeah. We do have a rescue task force talked about sure. um, with yep. fun police in, in mass casualty situations. So um, it is very important to have the oversight of the medical director of, of teaching 
the people when they go in where we right. are. Right. And that's been a big push from chief and, and his staff uh, to make sure lieutenant sergeants and, and whoever's on duty that, that we can co-locate, we can work together directly right. with buyer um, in these situations to prep for them. Well, ultimately time is key when it comes to making a difference in somebody's life, waiting for them to get to the hospital may often and often is too late. So that's why we've got paramedics who go out in the field and try to work in the field. And now ultimately attaching them to you all with the, at the point of the incident, it's right. a great way to get that care started much earlier and truly saves, saves lives. You know, we look at Uvalde and is, that's just the most recent one. Uh, we talk about rescue task force and you mentioned rescue task force. And, and I think we do it really, really well here, which is on the law enforcement side. If we have that type of active killer scenario, then the, as, as the police department, we move toward that, the sounds of stimulus gunshots, right? And we yep. move toward that. But in Scottsdale, our fire department comes with us, not, not, not in the, not in the red zone or the hot zone, but the they, zone. yeah, they'll, 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 they'll follow behind. And while we're taking care of the threat, they move in, uh, armored and, uh, and then take care of down patients with officers there yeah. to protect them. And so that gets, um, paramedics to the patients much quicker than in the old days, which was law enforcement would go in, we would uh, ultimately get to the threat and and eliminate the threat. And then everybody that we passed by, we'd have to wait until uh, fire would come in when we gave a code for everything's right. safe and sanitary and move in. And, and I think we've really evolved here in our city that that's what we do now, which is fantastic. Well, you know, public safety is basically different sides of the same coin, right? Law law enforcement has to prevent more injury and fire and EMS have to be there to provide care to those who've already been injured. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's things that were not that were, you know, the bastions of law enforcement in the past that all of our folks are carrying Narcan. So officers are carrying Narcan and tourniquets and our firefighters uh, in in those more hostile situations are wearing uh, body armor and, and helmets you know, uh, ballistic helmets. So right. we've really, I, th- I think we've come a long way out of necessity. We've come a long way. Let's get into this cool part. So you kind of talked about your position with, uh, Scottsdale fire. You did say you grew up here. Um, you were recently featured on Scottsdale Unified School District as a, the alumni of who to know. So how did you get involved uh, in deal. Like, why did you become a doctor based on all your Scottsdale stuff that you had from high school and stuff like that? Yes, that's a good question. So the short answer is my dad's an ER doctor. So I kind of grew up with an idea a little bit about what medicine was and what an ER doctor's life is like, which probably more than making me want to do it stopped me from being deterred from it. Because I think there's a lot of hesitation that people have with the lifestyle and the breadth of knowledge that's required to be an ER doctor. So kind of watching my dad and seeing that he was a little bit of a jack of all, right? I kind of think that there's a lot of specialization in medicine these days, and there's a few specialties still that are generalists, but he always described himself as the kind of guy that if you were stranded on a desert island, you'd want him with you because you break a bone, he knows how to set it or stabilize it. Not the surgeon to go fix it, but on a desert island, you couldn't do that anyway. So that was kind of what, what opened me to it, but through, you know, through high school and and even college of kind of trying to get a sense for for what makes me me and what makes me tick. Mm-hmm. I came to appreciate that really being involved in the community was what Absolutely. I wasn't going to be able to find in any other specialty or, or I should say even in any other field. You know, I, I like to think that in the hospitals, 24 hours a day, day or night, very similar to you all as law enforcement, there's someone there and there's somebody yeah. who the community can count on yes. to be there if they don't have somewhere else to turn. Yeah. 
And watching that as a kid in this community and then with my dad and his career made me think that's what I want to do. So I take a lot of pride when I go to work and think that if my friends, if my family, or more often if a complete stranger has something go wrong and they don't know who to turn to, I'll always be there or somebody in my group will always be there to support me. Yeah, that's such a cool thought process. And, and I, I, you know, I embraced it 28 years ago when I became a police officer, but I think you just put it so well is that think about it in terms of our society today and what we take for granted. In the middle of the night, everybody's asleep. But there are ER doctors there. There are firefighter paramedics ready and available to respond. And there are police officers uh, patrolling the streets in the middle of the night while the rest of the citizenry just you know, sleeps peacefully and quietly. You have men and women who... Um, who are there, ready and able to handle just about any emergency that might crop up in the middle of the night. And what a unique time in history uh, to be a human being. Because if you think about, you know, the history of human beings, not always this, uh, not always there, somebody there in the middle of the night to, uh, right. to, to, to handle emergencies. So very cool thought process. Well, you talk a lot about community policing and how different that is from the old, maybe traditional thoughts of what law enforcement is. And you talk all the time that you're there for whatever the emergency is, yeah. whether that's truly criminal activity or whether that's somebody who just doesn't have anywhere else to turn or they need assistance with something they can't take care of themselves, that you as a law enforcement team can be there for them. Yeah. And I think the same thing is what the ER is. I think people think a lot about the ER being the place for gunshots and stab wounds and heart attacks and strokes. And certainly we see those things, don't get me wrong, but the bread and butter of emergency medicine is not a life-threatening emergency. Right. It's somebody who doesn't know where to turn, hmm. whether it's a behavioral crisis or sometimes it's Very just folks so. who just don't feel safe in their home anymore because they're either aging or they've become ill and they don't think they can take care of their activities of daily living, we call them, and they end up coming to us and we help to solve that problem for them or find a solution for them. So it's not just the what you see on TV, the 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 high stress the high drama a lot of what we do is just being there for a community when they don't know who else to turn to yeah that's terrific and again it's so much like the police department because we get phone calls day and night of i just don't know what to do can you help me can you point me in the right direction yep. um that's terrific so you mentioned your dad is your dad still in the profession he just retired so okay. just retired about a year and a half ago through the, the height of COVID. So he still stays up. In fact, he and I are taking our board exam to be recertified and board certified next month. Wow. He hasn't practiced in two years, but he's uh, he's staying with it because he thinks that maybe that's in his future. He kind of feels, it's, it's interesting, I don't want to speak for him. He could probably speak for himself better, but he feels a little bit of a void in his life yeah. now that he's not working on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. He feels like being there for a community and for people for, he did it for 36 years before he retired is something that, that really makes him go. And it, it, it's his passion. It fuels his fire. Yeah, I get that. It's got to be hard for him when he was so used to making a difference for so long. And I'm sure he's still making a difference sure. in, the, in the lives of his uh, children and grandchildren. And grandchildren, yeah. Uh, but it's just uh, it's making that, that mental transition. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Medical school, where'd you go? I went to U of A. So U of A has a downtown Phoenix campus that started in 2007. And I was part of that first class. So That's prior to really that... Cool. Yeah. So prior to that, if somebody from Phoenix wanted to go to medical school, there were a couple schools here that were um, they were private schools, but there was nothing that was affiliated with the university. So I'd have to go down to Tucson if I wanted to go to a you know a university, a public right. university. 
uh, but they open up this campus in conjunction with ASU. So for the first two or three years, ASU and U of A kind of joined together, joined forces to create that school. And then after a few years, ASU stepped, you know, stepped back and it became a U of A only deal. Okay. But, but I got to kind of form a new school and yeah. a new campus. Yeah. In fact, I got involved with the student government and was the first president of this brand new student government of only 24 students. So <laughs> it was kind of cool to be able to, to really shape something into, yeah. into what we needed as opposed to coming in and hearing, well, this is the way we do things. If you want to be a part of this, you're welcome to. The message was, we think we know who we want to be, but we don't really know. So why don't you come in and help us form into a successful medical school? Yeah, that's fantastic. In fact, in the first couple of days, we had 25 faculty and 24 students. Oh, wow. So it was almost one-to-one. No, not that we'd ever, you know, be in a classroom with all 25 faculty, yeah. but we got to know each other well. We went on jogs between you know, breaks and class, and it was a really cool, unique yeah. experience. That's pretty neat. I'm curious to think, you know, we get back to, to, to police and, and fire. What do you, we, we mentioned that, you know, we've come so far in terms of what the police are carrying, and um, we talk Narcan and, and uh, tourniquets and what fire's doing. What do you, what's next? What do you think is as is, is you see um, that that continued evolution uh, between police and fire and the amount of um, advanced life support that that is provided? Would is 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 there more? Is there more upcoming? I think there is. I mean, it's a question. It's always a good balance that we have to keep in mind the the balance between having tools that can be deployed in the field right. versus the amount of complexity that brings to the system. So if you don't have a system that's like, for example, there's states like Texas where they can actually give transfusions of blood in the field. Well, medically, we'd say that's wonderful. But the challenges are you now have to have a system in place where you've got refrigerators on ambulances and you're able to keep track of how old the blood is. Is Right, right. Is it expired? Are you using it at an effective rate? Are you wasting blood by setting it there instead of in the hospital where it it would definitely have been used, but instead it expires on an ambulance? Hmm. So. I think that there are a lot of really cool things that can be done in the field. And I think we've come to appreciate over the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years that you don't need to be a physician or a nurse in a hospital to provide effective care, that there are lots of ways that that care can be provided in the field through paramedics or EMT or, you know, even just other first responders. But I think we have to make sure that we've got a system that's built around it. Now, I believe that probably in my lifetime and in my career, we will be doing more and more things that... That even right now, if you were to tell me, hey, Casey, by the time you retire, we'll be doing this in the field, I'd say, no way. Yeah. Right. But because we've got a society, kind of like what you mentioned, Chief, that's that's really advancing at a rate, you know, unlike it ever has right, before. Right. I think that we can build systems. And as long as we've got leaders in, you know, city government or in, in hospitals who are or willing to try new things, I think we'll the sky's the limit for what can be done. I'll tell you the truth though, one more piece that I want to say is that. It is very tempting to want to do sexy, new, oh, fun yeah. things. Yeah. But the reality is that I, and I say this repeatedly to the paramedics in, in Scottsdale, that they save more lives in the field with their basic life support and advanced life support skills than I do with all the tools, all the tests, yeah. all the consultants, all the specialties in the hospital. That good basics is really the key to providing good care. It's sometimes possible to, to forget about the basics because you're so excited about that brand new shiny toy that you've got. Yeah. And you end up probably doing the, the patients and the community a disservice in the process. Casey's like a quote magnet. I mean, like a lot of good, a lot of good things there. Yeah, our, our intro is going to be so awesome because we'll just splice them all together, and and it'll be one huge run long on. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it just makes me think about you know what's the future, yeah. and 
here's my Star Trek reference, ready? You know, there should be like the tricorder, you know, where, where you know, Bones carried the, you know, the little, the, the machine that, you know, he'd analyze you out in the field and say, okay, this is, yeah, it's broken or it's this and that and the other. And then. So I know you say that chief tongue in cheek, but the reality is we're going that I know, way. that's what I mean. So, you know, the, the most specific and the best correlation to that story is the ultrasound. Yeah. So they now make ultrasounds that are so small that you can plug it into your iPhone and then you just plug in the little probe it's and incredible. you can now put the probe on somebody's heart. In fact, the military is doing that it's crazy. To, a, to a crazy degree that people are claiming that it won't be long before stethoscopes are replaced by ultrasound in the military. Yeah. Because you can't hear breath sounds or, or heart sounds on the back of a helicopter. Yeah. But you can see the heart beating. That's pretty cool. And then when we talk about labs in the hospital, what we used to have to draw blood and send it down to the lab. There's a lot of machines that, you know, there are various different companies that make them. But I can ask for a lab and the nurses can draw the blood and at the bedside, plug it into the machine and it spits out numbers. I mean, it really is like a tricorder. Yeah. So I think that's so cool for sure where we're going. We need the phaser next. I, th- I thought you were going to talk about the tricores or something with like they communicate. I, I don't, I watch no, real tri- TV shows. Tri- We've already got that. Mm. Hey yeah. Siri, call Kevin Kwan. Right. It's a tricorder. You need to watch more Star Trek. Nah, I, I watch good stuff. Let's, let's move into your other, some of your other, I mean, it's, you, you have some great passions, uh, you know, be it on the fire side and a little bit in the PD side too. Uh, great wife, great family. Uh, but you're also have yeah kind of a philanthropic side that 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 caters also to your cowboy side. That's true. What our listeners can't can't see right now is your you know wider kind of handlebar mustache, which is spectacular, by the way. Sarah, but, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've told her this many times, so this is nothing she hasn't heard from oh, me and, already. And she has agreed with you every time. In so fact, what? I think I might be the only person outside of the fire service and maybe some police who like this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So your stuff, yeah, what what do you uh you've got like five different jobs um that you you hang out and do, but uh we know one of the big things is um related to the charos. So what what's your what's your role? What do you do there? So I know you guys have had Dennis Robbins in the past, so he yes. gave and I listened just before this to make sure I knew what has already been said. So he gave a great summary of who the Charos are, but briefly, it's a, a group of philanthropic-minded gentlemen who have worked together to try to do a couple of things. Number one is encourage economic growth in Scottsdale, promote the name and the and the community of Scottsdale, right. and then mm-hmm. provide some charitable contributions back to the community, and not only through charities, but also through the school district, and then maintain the Western heritage, which is what's most near and dear yeah, to my heart a... of those three is that, you know, being born and raised here in Scottsdale, yeah. I, uh, I grew up in a, in a Scottsdale that's a little bit different than the one today. And yeah. we still have the same heart and the same core of, of great people who are trying to make the world a great place to live in and make this community great to live in. But there were a lot more horse trailers and a lot more, oh, yeah. more, uh, horses on, uh, on people's property when I was a kid. Yeah. So though, you know, the, the concept behind the Charos is that we brought in, or I shouldn't say we, but there was a group called the baseball club that later evolved into the Charos that brought spring training in. So that's where the economic growth and development comes. And that was back in the fifties and sixties that, that that really was pioneered. And through the process of having the baseball teams here, not only did that grow the economy through, you know, hotels that now have people you know staying in them and restaurants and, and nightclubs that have people going to them. But we were also able to find a way to raise money to give back to charities and to give back to the 
to the school district. So roughly a million dollars a year is given back to various charities in the school district. So when a school uh, says, hey, we need, you know, we need extra money for this educational program, whether it's, you know, getting more um, technology in the hands of kids or robotics programs or specific things that we've spent a lot of, uh, a lot of time supporting, or sometimes it's just a school that says we need new science equipment. Can we write a grant to the Charos to get that fulfilled? We do that. But in the process, we do a lot of horseback riding. We do (laughs) a lot of maintaining that Western heritage. So, so we do, um, in fact, November of this year, I don't know the exact date, but early November, we'll be riding horses through Old Town Scottsdale promoting baseball. So nice. we'll be, you know, 10 or 15 horses yeah. riding through town. And if you're available and free, come on and check it out and see, uh, see what the, you know, what the, what it's like to see horses riding down Indian school or riding down Scottsdale road. Of course we have you all, the watch commanders who give us some, some grace as we're crossing yeah. the streets, yeah. which is yeah. a great partnership between us and, and Scottsdale PD. Yep. And then we do horseback rides each year where we bring guests out and we show them kind of a, a traditional Western experience, riding horses out in the, the middle of the forest and or the desert. We go in different parts of the state each year. So That's great. Yeah. How many cowboy hats do you have? Well, you have one of mine. Yeah, they're they're both in the uh-huh. assistant Chief LeDuc's office. So, they're sitting on the so, table there. So yeah. Chief LeDuc has you he has them both now. He has them both, yeah. Oh, I see. So you donated my hat to Chief No, Leduc. no, they just always want they always have always been in there in his office. They're sitting they're sitting there in a, a place of of honor, pride <laughs> in his office sitting there, yeah. So I own 6 or 7, but I only have four or five in my possession because you and Chief LeDuc have the other two. <laughs> I keep trying to to push some of that Western culture back to the back to the police department and the fire department. Do you have your own horses? So I do not. So I don't own my own horses, okay. but plenty of guys in the Charos do. So mm-hmm. I will ride their horses. That's great. And uh, we do very, I mean, we do riding of course as a group as the Charos, but we also just ride for fun on, on weekends and we do little competitions like cattle sorting and, and different things just to see if we can hone our skills. You would have done well in the, in the 1800s, right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting. You guys are talking. One of the questions that you'd ask during your your five questions round or whatever it's called at the end was, if you had a, a superhero, oh yeah, superpower, what yeah. would you want it to be? Yeah, and you said you'd want to teleport, yes. maybe to a different time. Yeah, and I think you even said somebody said that they'd want to go back to the 1800s and, and yes. see the Wild West. That's, yeah, that's my total answer. Yeah. I would love to yeah. be in Tombstone, be a fly on the wall in Tombstone. Right? When Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and, and the Cowboys were were up to, you know, their antics back in the 1880s. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. It's good stuff. What about you, Kevin? Are you going to ride a horse? Uh, we'll see. It's outdoors. I don't know. We, we talked about this when we had Aiden on. Uh, the oh, whole, yeah. About, the uh, whole outdoor concept is very, very foreign for Scottsdale has, has developed into a more urban uh, densely populated area. Right. Well, being from LA, that is a foreign concept to me. Um, being out in the outdoors and doing all that. So, uh, you need to get out more. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I love about getting on the back of a horse is that you're a little bit out of control and it's hard to be watching your cell phone while you're directing a horse on where to go. And there's a lot of things that you know, I remember a mentor of mine in medical school said, if you're going to be here, be here. And I think it's a lot easier to be embracing a moment and be engaged in what you're doing when you're a little bit out of your comfort zone. Like, like being at, at headquarters. So I I think I should turn my cell phone off. Is that, is that a good good to go? No, (laughs) no, no. No. You just see chiefs look. It's no, No. that's, that's a no. 
If I can't turn mine off, you can't turn yours off either. Well, you have like five, so. <laughs> so you yeah. asked earlier, just one more thing. You asked earlier what, what my roles are within the Charos. So yeah. we do an annual horseback ride with about 200 riders in various parts of the state. And next year I will be our ride chairman. So that's a, that's a four-year process to ascend to that, to that title or that role. So I'm really excited right yeah. now. I'm going to various parts of the state each weekend and trying to find a ranch that we got a, a rancher who's willing to let 200 people come out and ride and, and wow. experience their part of the state, which is really cool. Yeah, that sounds great. And you got to wear chaps and boots and see plaid. You say things like this as if it's a joke and people are supposed to be surprised, but of course you wear chaps. Of course you wear chaps. And There's spurs. a reason for chaps. Yeah. There's a reason for spurs. All these things that we think of as being just, you know, traditional garb, they've all got a purpose. When you're riding through brush, those thorns will rip and tear your jeans apart. Yeah. But the leather of the chaps, they protect you. Why would I want to ride? This is the hard. Why would I want to ride through something that's going to stab me? Because it's fun to be out oh. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, because it pushes you out of your comfort zone. And by the way, not to get all serious and sappy about it, but that's how we all ended up in our careers, right? You ended up in law enforcement, at least to some degree, because it pushes you out of your comfort zone. You learn something new. And you Definitely. every day are learning something new. And I chose emergency medicine in no small part because it's scary to be around critically ill yeah, patients. Yeah. So I had a choice. I could either hide and shy away from them and try to find a specialty where I would hopefully never see a sick person or lean in. And I chose to lean in. So lean in. in. There's another one, Kevin. We're going to use that one again. That's a good one. I so to I'll, totally agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll go on the ride next year if Chief goes. Deal. It's by invitation only. They might not. Invite I'm not you. invited. It's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. And I, I started in law enforcement 28 years ago. But no matter in that 28 years, no matter where I go, no matter what event, party, what have you, somebody always asks me, "Hey, I got this ticket. Hey, I, you know, they've got a law enforcement question. As a doctor, what's the number one question you get?" from people so i knew this question was coming because everybody asked this question yes and i've got two answers i've got a lighthearted answer and i've got probably a little bit maybe too serious but i'm going to give you both the lighthearted answer is people ask is it like the tv and the answer is no right it's not same. like anything in TV. same with law enforcement now i was too young for er and i only started watching the show er in the last six months or so because i'm popping up in my hulu feed or whatnot and it the medicine's not wrong it's just that they overdramatize the speed and the chaos of the ER. Yeah. There's no doubt there is there is chaos and it is constantly changing in the ER. I'll be sitting in the room with a feb, you know an infant with a fever when somebody knocks. Hey, you've got a stroke alert coming to room 32 in three minutes. Oh, mm. okay. Well, I got to go and I'm going to go take care of that stroke. And as I'm wrapping that up, hey, you got a level one trauma coming in five minutes. Can you be there? Oh, okay, sure, I'll yeah. be there. And yeah. Never all the while still remembering I've got to put the orders in for that kid and. Make sure that I'm not letting any balls drop. So that certainly happens, but the TV tends to overdramatize that just a bit. But uh, but some of the other shows like House and and some of these yeah. things, they they really don't have it right. There's probably some of the drama, I should say, the scandalousness that happens in the hospital, yeah. but I certainly don't see it. So that's the other thing that probably overdramatized just a, a little bit. I was married by the time I started working in the hospital, yeah. so yeah. maybe it happens and I don't know about it, but it's not something I've ever been, that's great. been a part of. The more serious question is people ask me all the time, and this is probably the real answer to the question. People ask me, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? And I don't know. I think you and I have maybe had this conversation, Chief, that that's a very hard question for mm -hmm. me to answer. Yeah. Because I've got a lot of memories of a lot of things that I've seen in my career. Yeah. 
and I spend more time trying to forget a lot of the memories that I have. You and than, me both. Yeah. <laughs> than remembering them. Yeah. So what I see on a daily basis is families torn apart. Yeah. Good people, bad things happening to good people, telling friends and loved ones that, you know, their, their friend or loved one has, has died or yeah. their life was irreparably changed. And, uh, and I've just seen some horrible, horrible things. Yeah. So when people ask me, what's the craziest thing? I think I, I don't want to remember yeah. some of those stories. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't think you really want that. No, I think you want one of my funny stories. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And I've got a couple of funny stories. Nothing I could say here on, on yeah. air, but I got a couple of funny ones I can change to, but I think that we, uh, we all, you know, as, as physicians, as nurses, as, as firefighters and paramedics, and there are thousands of people who have chosen careers and they've chosen to put themselves in situations where they have to see some of the, the sad things in life, oh, the, yeah. the harder things in life. Yeah. But for those of us who live it on a daily basis, I, uh, I take away from my job every day that I have a little different perspective on what a good day or a bad day is. Yeah. I hear people say, Oh, I got cut off. I was five minutes late. Cause there was a wreck on I 10. I think, okay. And they say, I just had a horrible day. Yeah. And I think, well, I, I saw some things this week and yeah. I, I told some family members that, that their, their son or their daughter had died. And, uh, and I, I watched them and I think they probably have a different perspective on what oh, a yeah. bad day is. Yeah. Right. You use the, the great word there is, <clears throat> I think that ER docs, nurses, um, some of your ER techs, uh, uh Cops, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs. Perspective is the word. Mm -hmm. There's a we have a different perspective on life, and I have will have people say, "Tell me a good story." Right. Well, a good story is somebody we saved. Yeah. Right. A good story is that narc as, as a predator we take off the street. That's a good story. But do you know that's not what they want? Right. They want something that they think is gruesome, and I tell them a gruesome story, and the and they say invariably they say, oh, I, "I'd love to see that." And my reply is the same. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because once you see it, you cannot unsee it literally for the rest of your life. And there's that that's over and over and over again. On the last episode, we had Angela Harrell from the 100 Club, who's an absolutely amazing, amazing person. And uh, and she asked us great questions. And her question, she threw the questions back at us, which was fantastic. And it was, what's your most memorable call? I won't go into that because um, I, I spoke about it during during that episode. But it, the most memorable call to me was horror. It was awful. It was uh, it was one of those that you see when you close your eyes. If I conjure up that thought that that call, I see it, and it was probably two thousand two thousand eight. 2007 somewhere around there you see that mm -hmm. and so i just you the perspective that you give is so is so spot on and we've we in our our society i think we've divorced ourselves we've distanced ourselves from the idea of pain and suffering and death to such a degree that we'll we'll avoid it at all costs but in your profession in our profession we see it every day super i just i'm just moved by that that thought process and that the, the perspective that you bring to that which is um which is exactly how we see it too so was and when you say memorable that's interesting i've never really thought about the right. most memorable right because i know very very clearly because i still hear the voice yeah of this person just about every night maybe not every single night that's yeah. maybe being dramatic but at least once a week i hear the voice of my most memorable case and I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't, I don't want to ignore it and forget it. I right. think that's the hard thing is that right. we've gained this new perspective on life. And you, you'd mentioned perspective before. 
I'd never want to go to somebody who just mentioned they got cut off on the road and say, you don't know what a bad day is because right. that's not fair to them. Right. Right. That's Agreed. not fair in their world and their life. They, you know, they've only been exposed to what they have right. and right. to say, well, just because I've exposed, been exposed to something different means that my perspective is better. It's not better. It's just, it's different. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that is what occurs to me is that my perspective, your perspective, Kevin, your, your perspective, my perspective is a choice. I chose this and, and, and I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade a single day, uh, over my almost three decades in, in public service. I wouldn't change it, uh, for a minute, but I have a different perspective. You have a different perspective on the way the world really is. I always like to think of some of my favorite movies in Morpheus and, and the matrix. He says, welcome to the real world. And, and that's what we, we have a different perspective. And I just think that that's, uh, that's really cool. And I, I applaud Angela for the way she asked that question because her question was meant to be very thought provoking. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your most memorable, well, your most memorable call, you know, or your most memorable case in the ER could be something wonderful or it could be something typically, this is how we, we tend to think. I think in our professions, you immediately go to that call that was the most horrific or bothers you the most or were in your case where you hear the voice uh, in your in your head is as clear as when when it happened and i wonder why that is right why is it that we don't remember the great ones because memorable i mean I, i'm still caught up on this idea of the most memorable call yeah. you said to me what's the best call or i shouldn't say call but case you've had in the ER? yeah well i know what those are i've yeah. got some i've got some positive ones yeah yeah. But they're not as nearly as memorable. When you ask me that question, it's most memorable. I, my mind goes right to this one specific case, and it is not a positive one. Yeah. Why is that? Because I think I think those calls tend to be the most impactful. Yeah, what um, makes us human, though? Right. Like you, you have that emotion attached to it that is is going to be there because you're not expecting it. Um, I will tell you, it, it gives you a greater appreciation for other people's uh careers when I broke my leg um, compound fractured and had to go to the ER I, I'd only been there for sick or something like that um, but getting a ride to the ambulance going to Osborne uh, literally with my leg outside of my body um, that appreciation of my wife's a nurse so I need to make sure that I talk to the nurses what is a doctor doing is this a crazy one for them that they've never experienced well in my mind as a patient I hope not, but you talk about, I don't have a GSW, all that different levels of trauma. Mine's just a broken leg. So it really gives a great perspective on, I appreciate what you do because I couldn't do it. And, and we kind of make fun of firefighters all the time, but we appreciate them. With love. Right. It's all with love and fun. Well, I tell you, you know, one thing that is worth maybe talking about at some point is just that I feel like the ER is the place where you as law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, we all come together and we all share in that same experience, yeah. right? Yeah. Because that's really the one place in the community that we interact. Yeah. And I, I think that maybe the average listener doesn't know how much time law enforcement spends in the ER yeah. and how we get to know each other because we're all, we're all in it together. Because when something bad happens to somebody and they end up in the emergency department, you will be there to investigate and to provide stability to scenes on, you know, out in the field. But of yep. course you'll be there in the ER to investigate and the paramedics will be the ones to bring them to us. And for that brief moment, 
really all three of our teams are caring for someone together, yeah. which means that we somewhat share that bond of, I don't say the burden, but the burden of the emotional weight yes. is really shared between us all, yes. which I think is, is something that most people maybe wouldn't know. Yeah. That's a great point. It's interesting. And uh, you talk about how much time cops spend in hospitals. Well, yeah, that's why there's so many cops who are married to nurses. There's there's a correlation. I, I know, I know, but count. there's a correlation between cops and and nurses that uh, is pretty is pretty striking. So, yeah. kind of cool. That's a wrap for this month's episode featuring Dr. Casey Solom. It's always a fun time with our fire partners that usually include some banter, but know that we are a team Scottsdale and work together to get you the help you need for any emergency situation. Have you ever wanted to see the SWAT armored vehicle up close and personal? Maybe sit on a police motorcycle or watch the canines do their cool police dog stuff. We've got just the opportunity for you. Here's Officer Sanborn with some information about a great event coming up in October. Hey everybody, it's Tony with the Canine Unit. We have the uh, Desert Dog Canine Trials and Public Safety Expo. We're going to be at Westworld again, October 22nd and 23rd. Uh, every canine unit in the Valley will be participating, so there's plenty of opportunity to cheer on their favorite city. This is, uh, this is the time for us. Uh, I mean, amazing, amazing uh, information, insight about you, about Charles, about, about uh, the ER doc uh, component of your life. Awesome stuff. But now we're going to get into the hard stuff. We're going to get into the rapid fire questions from Quan. The best part of the show. Let's go. So it's meant to just give a quick response, whatever first pops into your head. Oh I don't boy. know what Here. that analogy is go. or whatever the stuff is, but it's going to be something cowboy or horse related. Who answers or, first? Oh, me or chief? Uh, you, whoever. You're the guest. Okay. Buckles. It's going to be about I've buckles. Noticed, and, I've noticed that some of the other guests will let you speak first. Yeah, that's fine. I, 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 I'm good either way. All right. Challenge me. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. All right. What is your caffeinated beverage of choice? Oof. Yeah, iced tea. Yeah, that's ca- that's caffeinated. Does it? Re- I don't, tea I don't sure. Coffee makes me jittery. I yeah. don't need that in my life. Yeah, for me, it's uh, and I've told people this over the twenty-eight years I've been a cop. I I don't drink coffee at all ever. Period. The end. Had a bad experience with coffee when I was ten years old. My dad made me. He's like, "Hey, you want to try this cup of coffee? Straight black. Most disgusting thing I've ever agreed. <laughs> tasted in my life. Uh, me, it's uh, vanilla Coke." Huh. If I have a caffeinated beverage, it's going to be a Coke. Or I prefer vanilla Coke. Diet or regular? Regular. Give me, give me the sugar. Yeah, so you get the double. Win. Give me the real thing. The not sugar some, not some and syn- the caffeine. Not some, synth- some faux sugar made in a lab yeah. somewhere. Synthetic nonsense. You know, Give right. me the real thing. You know what's great is, we all refer to it in, in, in uh, Mexican restaurants, is give me the Mexican Coke. Oh, yeah. In the bottle from Mexico. And what's the difference? Do we know? It's the sugar, right? It's yeah. the, it's a different sugar that yeah, they process they, it with. Yeah, they use uh, they use real sugar, glass bottle. It's it's, it's a throwback. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite meal to cook and why? And for Casey, you cannot say microwaved macaroni and cheese. Well, first of all, Quan, that's a misrepresentation. I do not microwave my macaroni and cheese. That's I make it on the stove. But my favorite meal to cook. I really like to make a pasta dish where I melt this mozzarella and, and provolone mm-hmm. over the top of some chicken that I've grilled and mix that into the sauce with a little Italian sausage. Maybe it's because it's easy and maybe it's because my wife and my kids love it, but yeah. it's my favorite thing to cook. Mine is a, a chicken fried rice. Although my wife's really? going to be listening and she's going to say, 
he's right. That is his favorite thing to make. And why hasn't he made it in a while? Yeah, I, I should just speak for Sarah and say that, well, yes, that's my favorite. It's probably been four years since yeah, the last time yeah, I did it. Yeah, it's been a while since I made it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't spend a lot of time in the kitchen. If you could bring back any fashion trend from Ooh. any era, what would it be? Knickers for golfers. Really? Yes. Yeah. Because oh. you see them, some some golfers will go throw back and, and go with the go with the knickers. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they should. And I'll tell you, I'm going to give you a second, a little bonus answer to that, is baseball players with high socks and the pants that go just below the knee. Yeah, yeah. I, I really... With I'm, real stirrups. I am, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I that's, the, that's what I played with. Yeah, yeah. That's what I played with. Yeah, I have been turned off by professional baseball when they wear these baggy pants that go down to their ankles. I just yeah. can't. I can't do it. Circa Eric Young, Colorado Rockies. Hey, cheap. Take some pride. Ready, ready. The fedora. Remember how men in the fifties all would wear the fedora? Oh yeah, we remember it. Is yeah. that? Is, that's what is it? What is the fedora? It's a hat. Yeah. What? What? It's the little fluffy pot top hat with the, you know, it comes forward and it's fluffy oh, on top of the bill. I don't know oh. if I'd call it fluffy. It's fluffy. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Look. Oh, from like, like you got to thinking of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm you got to wear like a the, suit and that's yeah. what they wore. Yeah. Uh, Mad Men style. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I get behind that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. With a little highball glass we, in your we hand. We do that. Yeah. Fedora. Cause that's fun. Cause men in the, in the forties, thirties, forties, fifties, there weren't, I mean, that was part of your. That was part of your clothes. Hey, like, you didn't have to I'm do gonna, your come hair. Come on, think about anything. think about if you look at airplane travel back during that the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. People weren't men were in suits, women were in dresses. Right. Uh, but the f- fedora. That's awesome. Yeah. So Steve from the booth is pulling up pictures left and right. I think yeah. the last one was Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. in a uh, in a fedora and a raincoat. Awesome. So I'm going to give it another bonus answer to that question. Oh, cowboy hats. Specifically on our Scottsdale police officers. Oh, we know that's oh. getting edited out. Yeah. No, no. We. Yeah. I. I did get rid of the white cowboy hat that was authorized, but but uh, we are going to authorize a black one. Goes better with the uniform. Oh, I'll help you work that. Then the white together. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. Remember next, next Scottsdale one? Western heritage. All right. Who is your favorite mythological god and why? What? Oh boy! And now we can go Roman, Greek, Norse. Can you go Marvel? No. Well, it's <laughs> there is you've got overlap. Norse gods in it, so yeah. You can go Egyptian. I, I mean, oh my gosh! And you got to know their name and what they were a god of, okay. because okay. then okay. it's a real true one. And well, Steve will look it up for you if you just know a name. I, don't know. I just know the name, but I like the reason behind it. You don't know the name, or you don't I do, know the I, reason. I do know the name i so don't wait, know what he's so the god of so you're just picking a name <laughs> no <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now it's achilles because no matter how he was a man like god of war i don't a, know he was a man but we'll go with the concept of it mythological creature yeah, myth- mythological person achilles okay. right um because no matter how capable he was in slaying the enemy uh, it's even just the the smallest of your shortcomings and your weaknesses, if you're not paying attention, can take you down. Yep. And that's what happened with him too. Check he your was, blind spots. Yeah. He was, of all people, Paris hitting him right in the yeah the heel and all the stuff he did against Agamemnon and all that. Yeah. Everybody has an Achilles heel of some sort. Mm-hmm. It's just recognizing that and still moving forward. So let me ask you a question. You said mythological. <laughs> did you say God? 
I did, he did say, say God. God. So, so Achilles is the God. Yeah, so God. Achilles no, that's is not really no, a God. You're, 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 part yeah. part of the the Iliad and, and all that stuff. So anything that falls into that, or anything, yeah. I mean, mine's Nike because it's a goddess of victory. She she was the goddess of victory, actually. I don't know if I have a favorite. I know, right? That's I'm a struggling. that's a hard question. I'm gonna get one. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna not answer the question, but I think I'm actually gonna go a totally different direction here, and I'm gonna go with Maui. So oh, he, it's fantastic. Yeah, and no Quan. Yeah. Not the Maui from the movie Moana. Oh, that's, oh, that's I what going. I thought. That's yeah. what I thought too. I was going with the rock. No, it's, it's based loosely on the on Maui. The real one. But yeah. Maui was this mischievous guy who I think the story goes that he pulled the Hawaiian Islands out from the ocean. I think there's a couple different stories about how he created the yeah. Hawaiian Islands. Yeah. But, but what I like about him is that he was mischievous. Yeah. So he ended up making a lot of really cool things happen. but some of it by accident, some of it just because he was curious. And I think that's kind of cool, not taking yourself too seriously. What we talked about uh, Olympics before. What event would you want to win a gold medal in? It could be summer or winter, doesn't matter. Uh, Olympic shooting. Mm. So, you know, the uh, it's the biathlon, which skiing is the cross-country yeah, cross yeah. skiing and shooting. Biathlon would be for me. That's incredible, especially when they go, what is it, like 10K or something like yeah. that while they're yeah. doing it? That's that's my final answer, biathlon. I think I'd want to win the 100-meter dash. Hmm. Ooh. There's something to me about that explosion, that sprint, that yeah. give it yeah. everything that po- power. you have. There's so there much. is not an ounce of energy yeah. left. And do it for a short period of time, yeah. and when you're done to come out on top, that'd be pretty cool. That's good. All right, last one. If you were a potato... What way would you like to be cooked? There's so many different ways. I would be a baked sweet potato, butter, brown sugar. So you want to be a yam? Yeah, sweet potato. Mine's very clear. I'd want to be a McDonald's french fry. I want to be salty. Full of salt, And crispy, maybe a little dry on the inside. Yeah. And can I complete that thought by, I'd want to be a McDonald's french fry that's been dipped in a vanilla milkshake. Oh, yeah. yeah. My kids did that with Frosties from Wendy's oh, yeah. and, and French fries from fro- from Wendy's. Yeah, but you know, that was back before Wendy's changed their French fries. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. Great, good questions. Uh, different, they're, they're good. So, uh, fantastic. Casey, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. We had a lot of fun. Uh, what our listeners don't have the benefit of is that uh, we actually uh, were on microphone and talking for, I don't know, the better part of half hour 40 minutes prior to this having a good time and, and laughing with one another and i think that what's that's what makes our relationship with you and your relationship with the fire department so great here uh you, you're uh, you're you're great to have around we always have a laugh uh, together when when we're with one another and so we're really thankful for you to come on today and, and, uh, and spend some time with us well i appreciate you guys having me i know that i spend most of my time on the fire side of the building but it's really nice to be invited over here and yeah. be a part of what you do and I, like all other people who've been on this podcast have said, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what all first responders do. Thank you. Law enforcement, police in, in, in particular, and, and what we're doing here in Scottsdale, what you are doing here in Scottsdale with this concept of community policing, I think is really making Scottsdale a stronger community, which is the best way to get into my heart. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And to our listeners out there, uh, take care of each other. You know, I, I say that a little too often. Uh, just Just be safe, take care of one another, and remember that Every day offers each of us the opportunity to be more in the service of one another. 
and I challenge you to do that. Take me up on that challenge and, uh, and treat each other well. We'll see you next month. Thanks for tuning in to Shop Talk episode 14. We hope you'll come back next month to hear from our featured guest for October, Jessica Nicely from Winged Hope. We also want to let you know that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Be sure to check out our social pages at Scottsdale PD for plenty of information and resources related to DV. Until then, we hope that you too will be more.